Awesome, we're recording. So, um, hi, anyone who's watching or listening, I'm really excited because I've got Simon Phillips here um, <laughs> for you guys um, and myself as well. Um, now, Simon, I met, I don't know, 18 months ago, two years ago. Something two like, years. Uh, something ridiculous. Oh, my God. That's uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we somehow cross paths randomly as, as the universe makes group. I think something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I meet people generally is just randomly in Facebook groups. Um, Yeah. We had a quick conversation and I was like, man, who is this guy? Like I got to hear a bit of Simon's story and then I've just been quietly watching in the background uh, ever since. And it's been quite the show I have to, I have to say. So why don't we just dive right into it? So, um, so Simon, you're founder of Fitware. Um, co-founder Supply Chain Solutions, right? Global, yeah. yeah. Global, global yeah. Supply uh, Chain Solutions. Supply Chain Solutions has been around for 20 years and I had absolutely nothing to do with the amazing journey to build that. I came in very late and helped launch the global piece. So be very yeah. clear about my, uh, I don't want to take credit for that <laughs> amazing piece of work. Well, this is what's so why I'm so curious about you know how you operate and how you've kind of managed to get your fingers in all these in all these pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you know, and for so many of us as well, like we come from that background or we're creative in how we think, and so often, more often than not, we've got multiple projects on the go. Um, you know, and um, have a very busy brain. You know, yeah. so I think everybody will be inspired to kind of hear your journey. It's um, a busy brain. Well, I mean. Yeah, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to um, have a chat. I love chatting about myself. Awesome. <laughs> I think, I don't know, most people do, right? Do they? I don't know. Sometimes. Anyway. sometimes. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how you want to take the conversation, but if you want, I can I can sort of frame it up for people. Usually I, um, I have a sort of pretty standard story that I tell that takes you from the start to, to where we are today. And then maybe you could... If you feel like you want to stop me and, and pull out any interesting pieces from there, you could do that. Yeah. Yep. We could do that. I was going to do that anyway. Um, pretty oh. much my next question was like, let's rewind <laughs> you okay. know, and, and start there. <laughs> and then I have got some questions from, you know, our crew and yeah, but we'll see where it goes, you know? Awesome. hundred percent. Well, sorry for being a control freak. Um, Go for it. <laughs> classic, classic me. Eh? Hey, should we do this? Yeah. I was, I was about to ask you that. Um, so yeah, I, um, I grew up in Palmerston North, little town um, in New Zealand, not that little, little enough. And um, I was always, and I suppose I was always a little bit, a little bit different. Um, I didn't really uh, do that well at school. I didn't really fit in perfectly or whatever. And then um, I found a guy online when I was like 17 called Ziz. And, and basically what he'd done is um, I had gone out and got into the gym and some of the um, some of the extracurricular supplements that allow you to be massive, and um, he'd turned himself from a bit of a nerdy loser into this cool guy online. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I did that and um, became had this alter ego NZ Shredder, um, which was so was sort of like my bodybuilding persona. And then off the back of that, I um, I got some confidence. Um, I was living my life in, in, in a pretty toxic way, to be perfectly honest. I was kind of this young kid that had, like wanted to be cool and wanted a beautiful girlfriend and wanted all of this 
um, external stuff. And then so I went out and got it and I got the notoriety and, and the respect and, and money and a little bit of like C grade fame and women, et cetera. And then I built this business footwear off the back of my following. Um, did really well with that. Sold half of it, got like a million bucks. I was just 23. But again, um, just external um, external things overlaid on a internally agitated soul. Just it, it was a road to nowhere. So once I'd gotten that money, it was kind of like, okay, right. I have everything now. And I feel the exact same way, anxious, depressed, oscillating between achievement and just not wanting to get out of bed and benders. And then um, I basically spent the next two or three years of my life in a, um, in a self-sabotaging spiral. Lots of people tried to sort of help or this and that, but you couldn't really tell me anything. Um, and I didn't have necessarily the mentor to step that I was accountable to, to step in and go, hold on, you're actually fucking this whole thing up. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's why we're interviewing you. Okay. Brilliant. Um, uh, <laughs> your, tattoos, your... colorful pasts, uh, creative <laughs> yeah. minds. Um, yeah. You're perfect. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. So um, yeah, you're, you're fucking this whole thing up, man. And so I, I, um, at the end of 2017, it was sort of the, the culmination of that. I had sold um, the other half of footwear for, I don't know, I think about like 150 grand and it was enough to pay off some of the debt. Um, I got kicked out of my house. I had a catastrophic thing happen to me, which I'm, I'm not really ready to share yet, but I probably will one day. And um, so I'd gone from being this um, highfalutin, young, very successful, um, from the outside looking in, perfect um, young man to living at home with a $170,000 mortgage on my parents' house, um, completely fucked. And I was like, I had a, I had a, I had a basically, I don't know if you'd call it a mental breakdown, but I had a moment I, um, when I was moving out of the house and I get, I, I tell the story and I get into the detail of the story because um, this was the breakthrough pivotal um, do or die moment for me. And it's very visceral. And I, what I would love is for people that have a higher potential, everyone has a higher potential, um, to be able to make that pivotal change without having to actually get to the rock bottom point. That would be an optimal scenario, right? But I think as biological systems are evolved to survive, not thrive necessarily. So we kind of just like do the minimum to get by. That's what I've found. It's very hard to push yourself. Anyway, um, I was painting this house as we'd trash the house. We were used to trash every house we lived in just to kids. And um, I'd move out and they'd be like, send me the bill, you know, like the bond would all be gone. And I'd be like, send me whatever was left over. And then in this particular house, I had no money. So I had to, I had to stay there and I was like doing jib plastering and painting the walls. And I told the landlord I was moving out a week earlier so I could get a week's rent and move to my stuff out. And I was living on a beanbag. So I was basically squatting in this house and I had this moment. I'd gone out to get KFC. I was listening to a Sam Evans podcast. I just remember all the details of this, like of this little afternoon. And I had the paint roller, something happened. I don't Yeah, I had the paint roller. I dropped it into the, the paint bucket thing and it splashed everywhere. And there was paint all over me. It was paint all over the floor. And like, it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I sat back on this beanbag. And I was just like, you are a fucking loser. Like, 
like how in God's name did we arrive here? Like what, 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 what? And then I went, nah, you're better than this. You got your potentials far higher. I'm very, very lucky because I got the most amazing family. My mom and dad are just salts of the earth, kindest people. And so I was able to just move home and live rent free and they pay for my food and blah, blah, blah. I had like, I had like 30 grand worth of credit cards left over from my, my, my other business. And um, I just, just went, um, I'm going to build a business that pays back my parents or I'm going to die trying. And I just quit life. So I didn't have sex for like 18 months. I um, no drugs, no alcohol, went to one wedding in two years. No, no just nothing. It was, I made it, a, I made it binary. Um, like, my life begins i'm able to enjoy my life and do all the things i want to do like party and, and see girls and do all the cool stuff that young dudes do once i've completed that objective and so that allowed um i don't know i guess that allowed space because it wasn't like oh i'm gonna try and enjoy my life while i build this thing it's like my life begins once i've achieved the goal and so that allowed just complete utter focus um, and I had no money. So I started an agency instead of an econ brand. So I started scaling another couple of econ brands. I got into cryptocurrency back in the day, did made like 200 grand um, trading cryptocurrency, then got into some crazy risky altcoin and lost it all. And so ended up backwards, like another 20K or whatever that I put on credit cards. It just like, you know, just doing stupid manic stuff. And, um, and then I got my big break. So coming out of that whole experience, so now I'm sort of 26, almost, yeah, I'm 26. And I knew I needed to be sober and I needed to get a mentor. Those were like, those were the two like big lessons from the whole thing it was like, just find someone that's where you want to be and then listen to them because you're, un you're incapable of doing it for yourself. You're not a number one yet. You're a number two or a number three. You've got some great ideas, but uh, ideas like assholes everyone's got one and um <laughs> it's more about execution so meet brad Lindsay of supply chain solutions he sees a lot of potential in me um i put a couple of clients with him we start kind of working together and then i basically sold slash gave him half of sjp media together we co-founded glass elephant and then the idea became let's let's build what would have saved me so we now have supply chain solutions which is a um uh, glow. So fuck. Supply chain solutions is an amazing business, and so Brad Lindsay is similar to me in the ways he's, he's maybe more. I, I'm a creative, but I'm also like an engineer in yeah. a lot of ways, like a tinkerer. It's like just make it better, make it better, make it better. Yep, yep, Everyone yep. else looking at going, it's perfect. I'm going, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> How do we make it better? How do yep. we make it better? Yep. So like, as like as a kid, I just always played with Legos or played like real time strategy games. I hated handwriting. That's why I was always in trouble because like all the stuff we were doing was boring. I was like, why are we doing this stuff? This is boring. Yeah. Um, so then Brad Brad built this business supply chain solutions, which does um, uh, freight forwarding. They've got a um, last mile delivery freight brokering service. They do accounts receivable, debtors management, um, demand planning, uh, ERP implementations, pick pack, warehousing, everything in the back end of a business. And then I'd built this thing like SJP Media Glass Elephant where We'd like consult and build your website, do your content, do your ads. So I was kind of, cause I hated working with partners and then someone would let me down. Brad was the same way. And so then we brought these two worlds together and it was like, hold on a minute. You look after the back end. I'll look after the front end, promise to deliver, deliver on promise. Holy shit, we'll build what would have saved me. Um, and then, so we start 
along that journey. And then clients never, ever, ever create the content that they are supposed to create <laughs> online, ever, do they? Like, you, you, you know how hard it is to create content yeah. for yourself for whatever reason, put ourselves out there. It's energy, it's scary, it's all of the things. So we, the big gap was creative. So then we acquired Colab, which is a creative agency. Um, and they also do like organic social and PR. And so then you put um, Glass Elephant Collab Supply Chain Solutions Global together. And together we call ourselves the Magnitude Group. And um, we've got warehouses here in New Zealand and Utah and Amsterdam. We're opening Canada and Japan at the moment. And then UK, Taiwan, Australia after that. And the idea being that we have a global logistics network that underpins this really powerful performance marketing offer. Um, we mostly work with Shopify stores, had a couple of big wins like taking a couple of brands from sort of, you know, a couple of million dollars to tens of millions of dollars. And we've done that in, in, in profit share scenarios. Um, gone from like five, would have been about five team members when we met 18 months ago, five, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got 85 in Glass It's ridiculous, it's crazy. And about 400 in um, supply chain solutions. And um, we're working with some celebrities in LA and it's, it's all just like, it's all starting to come together. And um, yeah, that big organizing idea at the at the core of it all, um, I guess, between Brad and I was like, well, for supply chain solutions has 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 a lot of its own stuff, and so does the magnitude group. But specifically, like, like what I've been driving is, I want to build what would have saved me. So I could go and have a chat with twenty three year old Simo and go, look, man, you're cool, you got a good heart, but you're actually a bit of a fucking dumbass. You're doing all this stuff wrong give me half, I'll run it. You hang out with the community, make sure the product's cool. We'll run the systems and we'll run the marketing and we'll run the operations and together we'll build a $30 million brand and um, and we'll have it. How's that sound? And knowing me, I probably would have said no because I, was, <laughs> because I was so dopey, but I wanted to be able to be in a position to do that for um, other Shopify store owners. And, and you know, as, as a business owner yourself, it's like really... If you own a brand, you focus on the brand, you focus on the product, you focus on the community. And so we wanted to create a platform that all of that could exist on. And so that's where we are today. Sorry, that was a long story. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to, I'm actually annoyed with my, there we go. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> I've got my head like perfectly positioned on this, um, on we this just, light. We don't have to be perfect. Right. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't long at all. It was, um, and I know it's so. It's so interesting the similarities that we have, and you probably don't know as many of them as I do because I'm like sneaking around in the background, following you, and like, <laughs> who is this freak, and how does he do what he does? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, even that word magnitude, you know, is a is a. I have a course that I run called a man of magnitude. So that that sort of that yeah. word comes up in so many things but the thing that I'm obsessed about is you know and the thing that would have saved me or not saved me but saved me a ton of time and heartache and relationship drama and everything is you know how can we create a pathway to success for somebody, you know, finding, meeting them wherever they find themselves, you know, cause I know, and you know how easy it is to suddenly find yourself without a ton of cash, you know, or, or resources. There's always resources that you can always have. There are other ways of finding value, but you know, it feels like my journey was so difficult even just to get to this point that, um, 
you know, it is again about sort of creating those pathways. And like you as well, I'm very creative, but I freaking love the little tinkering of the bits yeah. and pieces in the business model. Yeah. You know, so you know, I'm in a I'm in a place now. I'm like, oh, I think it's built. I'm gonna press the green button. <laughs> oh, dude! And you should have pressed the green button 18 months oh, ago and have. then built it based on feedback. Oh, we have, we have. Yeah. I've pressed that green button. Many Thank times. God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing. I just overbuild, overbuild. Oh, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not good enough. It's better than everything that's in the market. I'm still building it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Funny thing, that one. So, yeah, yeah, I've pressed it and then, like, you know, a piece, someone's gone AWOL or whatever. So, that I've pressed that green button many times, but we're, we're sort of poised to press it again with the new stuff that's built on the stuff that didn't work last time. Um, mm. So, so we'll see what happens there. Um, so what do you think? I'm going to, I've got some specific questions to ask you, but you know, you can ask me, I know I can. I'm like, I am feeling an internal conflict because normally I, for these interviews, I just like press play and see what happens. And I've been given certain structure because <laughs> the people behind my brand are like Helen we want to do I want to do a ton of interviews because I love interviews and meeting people like you and stuff like that and they're like okay well if we ask these questions here we can sort of repurpose this stuff into some some cool branding stuff and why don't and we let the conversation go where it goes and then finish off with those at the end in a quick fire all right okay so or the other way around we could quick fire them and then just chat after let's go yeah let's quick fire these because i'm yeah okay, that's fine. the easiest course of action for yeah. me right now okay so um you answered many of the questions already and um yeah i mean i saw some pictures of you sleeping in your office yeah yeah at um, one point um can you touch on doing stuff that other people aren't prepared to to yeah. do Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've, and if I go back a layer deeper, cause I think like, why, why was I prepared to do stuff that other people weren't prepared to do is like, I've always had this vision of my life and the way I want it to play out with my, my beautiful ultimate partner in this beautiful home and that da da da. And a lot of my value um, I think, you know, like I was always a no one. And then I, I had a lot, I had a lot, or I didn't have a lot, but I had a significant amount of money relative to where I was living, et cetera. And so then that became a lot of my self-worth. Mm. And then, so for me, like building a business or building financial freedom for myself and my family uh, was like step number one. It's like, it's just, uh, it's as, as important as breathing. Like I don't, I'm, I, I couldn't live a life without that. So rightly or wrongly, that was like the goal or the why. And so um, some, there's some self-worth stuff there. There's some just, I feel like it's probably the best thing to do is to create freedom for yourself. So I guess that's why I was willing to do probably what most people aren't. Um, yeah, when I, so, so yeah, my whole life it's been like that um throughout the footwear um footwear times you know I, I was I didn't know how to manage my mental health as well then and so I would oscillate between like sort of dark depressions and then manic workload etc um but it was always like 
um, work first. And I, I would, you know, um, my girlfriend would be like, come watch a movie with me. I'm like, no, I'm working, no, I'm working, no, I'm working. So there's just general sacrifice there. Um, and then once I left, um, when I was rebuilding SJP Media, I needed to be in Auckland all the time. But I had, I took 60,000, I took five grand a month out of the business. I got that all, I didn't have to pay tax on it because I had like a million dollar tax loss in my company. So um, that was cool. So I had five grand a month, but I had 100K with the credit card. So that was about 2,200 in interest. I had lawyers bills, accountant bills, just like all of this leftover debt. Um, and so by the time all was said and done, I had about 800 bucks, 800 to $1,000 a month to live on. Um, and so I couldn't afford rent and stuff. So I used to sleep at um, uh, a friend of mine, Jacob, was living with uh, another with one of his friends, Nikki. And then she let me stay on, his couch, on her couch. So we'd kind of like sleep on the couch together. But then sometimes that was on North Shore. I didn't have the money for an Uber to get out there all the time. So I would just sleep under the desk at Supply Chain Solutions. I had my little like duvet, I had my little blanket. And like, realistically, I don't know, for me, I, I haven't, ever really cared like i'll sleep on the couch or the floor it's not that different no really. it's not see it's i'm not like, i'm not surprised because i'm just like yeah like i can f- sleep on the floor on um, you know right. i am so insanely focused that nothing else matters sometimes mm-hmm. um and and i think the the value is and i wanted you to say that because i know there's a lot of people in our audience who are like that as well and they're gonna Part of me is like, oh man, I wish I had the freedom to be able to just do that without bumping up against family or spouse or all these other sort of things and responsibilities. Yeah, that, that's actually really, that's a really important piece of the puzzle as well. Is like, I came out single, no dependents, good family, no one to look after. Mum and dad never put a pr- bit of pressure on me to pay the loan back faster. They let me do it in my own time. Um, and so I was just able to be single-minded, utterly focused. And um, yeah, you just did what it, what it took. And, and yeah, sleep, sleep on the ground, eat, eat some shit food, skip a couple of days of food. Um, I got, you know, at the time I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the best complexion. I was skinny. I was, I'd, I'd kind of, you have to make X amount of, of sacrifice to achieve um, something outside the norm. Otherwise, everyone would have it. I, I believe that as well, um, you know, and there's, there's a school of thought around manifestation, which I believe in as well, you know, and the magic happens, but I, I just don't see a ton of, ton of incredible stuff happening unless someone has worked incredibly hard, at least in, for a phase. So my view on that, and it's maybe a little bit different, is um, the visualization manifestation element allows the potential that drives the ability to work really hard. So um, if you don't visualize or believe or see the future potential, then you don't take the action because why would you bother? So the more, the more I've started to believe that, oh, I'm actually going to make it, this business is actually going to work, the harder I'm working. And so I think it's, I, I believe less in the mystical element of the universe providing us this juicy shit. I think it's more of a closed logical loop of, oh, subconscious going, oh, that's real. I can achieve that. Might as well take the action necessary to um, bring it into fruition. Yeah. I think it's more of a, a logical 
process of um of your subconscious going risk first reward yeah i will get out of bed this morning and do all that hard shit i don't want to do because it's real whereas if you don't if it's risky there's less impetus to take the action so i think it's really a manifestation is just a tool to induce action more than anything else Mm. yeah and it's part of everyone's journey isn't it to kind of like figure out where they feel they lie on you know how how that stuff works so um. and because because there's, there's there's so much we don't understand like if i our my morning routine um and my best friend jacob he um he looks after me now he um he works for sjp media he's our coo and so he'll uh get me up in the morning we do and we don't do it every day we fail often but we do our best Gets me up in the morning. We do. Uh, we have all of our vitamin, vitamin minerals. We'll do like a liter of water. We'll do a breath work. We'll do visual uh, visualization session. We'll do a stretching session, and then we'll do some boxing rounds. Um, and then we'll train in the evening. We make sure to eat well. Um, and so all of that, all of that process is is all a part of like keeping keeping like the biological system on point, and then trying to like find some calm and some peaceful periods to imprint that future that I know I'm going to achieve and remind my cynical lizard brain that no, we are going there. It is happening. We are going to do it. And you need to um, figure out a way to get into flow state today because we need to do that high priority task. Yep. And I really don't want to do it because you're scared of it because it might, might be X, Y, Z. Um, but yeah, I just feel like my, my game has been about being able to better control my subconscious and the way it um, drives my fluctuating daily willpower, fluctuating daily motivation. And the more I've been able to go, know that that end goal is real. He's done it. That He's done it. You've yep. done it before. Just stay the course. Yeah. Can you talk more about just how important that is? Because I know how important that is. And everything that I've built around my Ara coach has been built around, yes, there are strategies and there is some basic stuff that people understand that is somewhat nuanced around value and scale and leverage. And I feel I've got, I need to prove, I feel I've got credibility to prove yet on my understanding of all of that. You know, once, once we get the business to a certain stage, but what I have authority for miles around I have absolutely no wobbles whatsoever is you know the importance of mindset and the importance of being able to shift our subconscious patterns and not only that how our biology and inputs are tied into that you know so so one of our our coaches AJ he's he's his realm is biohacking and biology and he sort of moves into meditation and I'm in mindset and I'm like just get your biology right first you know and it's going to help a ton and he's like get your mindset right first um so give us your perspective on that side uh, of yeah i have like a i have like an articulated methodology so my view is um physical physical performance mental clarity emotional stability those are the three resources that if you can control in a really powerful fashion you'll be able to achieve financial freedom and then you put those four things together and you, you have a shot at spiritual fulfillment, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and so I believe it's in that order as well. Get the biological system right first. The, AJ. The, <laughs> sorry, AJ. Um, get the flesh vehicle working yep. because um, 
without it. You can't, you're eating fucking KFC and you're not going for a walk and you're unfit and your heart rate's high and you're not sleeping and, and good luck. And then you're having a fight with your missus and whatever else. Good luck mindsetting your way through that. hundred percent. It's like, it, it's not a thing um, in, in my view. Um, I, you know, I'm technically uh, type two bipolar and ADHD. So I'm supposed to take like 50 megs of Ritalin a day <laughs> and um, Lamotrigine and some other mood stabilizer thing that turns me into a zombie and takes away all of my brilliance and value. Um, so I, I don't do them because fuck that. Um, but I, I struggled my whole life and, and I did and they gave me medical, but now with a, um, with a quality diet and enough water and some mentors to keep me accountable and get me through the rough spot so I can just get started and exercise every day, I've got the tools to um, control myself when all I want to do is like not look at that phone call because I know it's going to be niggly and it's anxious and it's like all of that, that angst and that pain that we feel daily daily i can now go like step phone open swipe look i don't even read i'll look i'll read it call hi and then you just you're in it (laughs) but i I don't and you're in it because it's not doing it that's hard it's starting it that's hard that because what then you get get your neuroephedrine and your dopamine i'm not an expert on the biohacking stuff but i've got like a bit of a top level understanding so yeah i think it's um physical performance first and then it's mental clarity. Get the mind right. Get start thinking clearly, and then with a um, with a with a physically powerful body and a clear mind, you are able to achieve emotional stability. Now, I'm not going to engage in this argument. I'm going to cut that person out of my life. I'm going to stop and breathe before I react here, and then create some problems that exacerbate over the next two weeks. Um, and then that person, someone who's physically strong, mentally clear, and emotionally stable. And you and what basically anywhere in the world, but if you're in New Zealand um, or, or in a first world country and you have those three attributes and the internet, if you can't create financial freedom, go back to fucking square one, start again because one of those things is broken. Hundred uh, percent. Just go for or go find a mentor and just go just message a whole lot of people that are doing what you want to do and go, hey, I'll work for you free. I'll do anything you want. I just want to hang around you and learn from you, please. Yep. And then once you've got financial freedom now, no one can tell you where to be or what the fuck to do. And so you're, you're free to surf or to build wells or to um, go to Vegas and do heaps of blow. I don't know where you're going to find your <laughs> performance. That's yep. completely up to you. Um, and I, I, I recommend not going to Vegas. You probably won't find it there, but that's kind of my, that's the way I see um, the process of living your life. Yeah. And um, do you find some spiritual fulfillment? So, so my, my, as you, as you're saying this, I a hundred percent agree with all of those things and someone is messaging me in Facebook. Sorry. It's okay. right. <laughs> um, I think each of those things can be attacked on their own and each of those are going to have an overlap on the others, but I absolutely, you know, think your biology is just one of the easiest things just to start with, you know, um, but let's want to go for a walk. Eat yeah, some spinach. Exactly. Like. <laughs> you know, try it for a week and see how your mindset goes. I've challenged yeah. you like drink enough water. Um, yeah. Talking about fear and anyone who's listening here about fear, you know, you're listening to, to Simon and he's talking about himself experiencing fear daily. Um, I was scared of asking you for this interview. My thing. I am enough. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And I have that book up there. 
Yeah, I didn't know that was a book. I thought I'd come up with this dope saying. I was like, yeah, nailed it. My sister's like, that's a book, man. Oh, you're not original. <laughs> Someone got, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, great minds think alike. Um, I already got an early with that one, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and so so just demonstrating, yeah, hey, I was like, who am I to reach out to, to Simon Phillips, you know, for this interview? And I'm like, and I'm sitting here sausage. desperate to tell my story. I want exposure. I love this. I love the opportunity to yarn. Like any, anyone could message me to do this chat and I would have this chat with anyone. Absolutely. So, so it's, um, you don't know until you never go, until you go, you know, and. What's the worst that could happen? No. Well, that's it, you know, and as entrepreneurs, you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, you start getting addicted to the feedback. Like you, I do anyway. I'm like, oh, this is scary. And I got to do it because I know it was actually I was talking to Kofi um, in the last interview. And it's this feeling that I have. And I don't know if you have the same feeling. It's kind of like the growth feeling. It's like, oh, there's this thing I want to do. And it really fulfills and excites me. And holy shit, it's fucking scary. And when I feel those two and it's like, I don't know if when you're a kid, like you drink orange juice and milk at the same time. You might not have done that. I've done that. It doesn't feel good. Uh I'm going to try it. Um (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done that. It's just this feeling of like, you feel sick, but excited at the same time. And and when I feel that, I'm just like, oh, there's a thing I got to go and do. And if I don't do it, you know, I'm going to think less of myself because of it. Yeah, I am. Um, that's a big one, man. Like it's, it's all, it's all, uh, there's some, I, I don't know if it's a cliche or if it's real, but there's only two emotions, love and fear. And then everything else is just like, variables of the same thing there's something along those lines but um you know for me my the majority of my anxiety in my entire life comes from not doing the high priority things that i need to do at work and letting them build up and then i like never have enough time to do anything but if i actually just sat down for three to four hours, cut out the fluff and the bullshit and just sat down for three to four hours a day and did like the really important stuff. I could, I could get it all done. I'd have no fear, no anxiety, but instead I procrastinate it. Mm-hmm. I let it build up. Then I can't go anywhere because I'm going to do that work, but then I don't. And it's the dragon. It's the fable of the dragon under the bed, right? Mom, there's a dragon under my bed. No, there's not. Don't worry about it. And it's a baby. You could have gotten rid of it. And then by the time you actually look under the bed, it's a fucking full grown dra- dragon. It's burning the house down. So, like for me it's um uh you know a, a attractive woman that i that i that i like as soon as like as soon as i'm kind of like into someone i'm like oh, i just don't know what to do i just go i just i just turn back into this fucking kid and i just <laughs> struggle and i I'm fear like walking up to someone asking for their number um picking up the phone and giving a client bad news um just starting a big project that i know is difficult i just get this literally I, I feel it and it's like it washes over and then what i'm trying to do at the moment is just try to win more of those battles not all of them because um the more yeah the more you win the more that becomes the pathway rather than the you know and it's just that that fucking that, that give up moment of like now nah, i'll just watch another youtube video or i'll tell myself i'll do shit like actually you know what i'll grab my computer i'll lie down i'll watch one youtube video and then i'll start but it's a lie every time i do that i'll be asleep <laughs> and i yeah. won't do the thing and there's another day gone and then it's like oh and then there's more anxiety 
Whereas when I have my good days and that's part of what Jacob helps me with is um, my high priority task. And this is a winner for anyone. Buddy system has saved my life, basically. Thank um, you. You're just telling our clients everything that I've built into my hour coach. You're just like touching. It's like, bam, bam, bam. So guys, okay, well, listen to Simon. Go. Okay, don't take my word for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it buddy system, man. We, um, we have this app that we do our, our rounds with. I want to do an MMA fight, right? And um, if I don't have my hands up when we're, when we're boxing, I get slapped in the head with a pad and that's not nice. <laughs> um, and so we'll sit down and it's like, let's work on the HPT. Oh, you're not doing it. Why? Oh, and I'll start being, I'll start telling jokes and fucking walk around the office doing, and it's like, no, we're going to do rounds. So we'll literally put on the rounds timer and I'll do like five minute rounds of work because once I do five minutes, I'll do eight hours. It's not, it's not doing it. That's hard. It's starting it. That's hard. Yeah. And so that little mechanism of, like turning it into I'm about to have a five minute fight with the this performance marketing system 2.0 report um and if I don't keep my hands up I'm gonna get punched in the head and I've got someone just watching like doing it um that's just how that's just how I break through the um that wall of anxiety that would previously keep me procrastinating and um making my life harder yeah and then when um when uh yeah when i don't have that when i've done all the things i i actually need to do and i'm up to date i, I can go to the beach and i can yeah. hang out with my friends i'm more productive i'm more creative i think more clearly everything's better um mm. and and so i i'm talking a lot here but this is this is the biggest thing for me uh, if i'd figured it out earlier i'd i'd already be i'd be retired probably with a family like living my best life already um but the the yeah, that anxiety, that that anxious fear, it builds up the most around the most important thing I need. To oh do. yeah, exactly. So That's it. Want, and so I'll do all this fluffy, busy shit. Yep. And then I won't do the one thing that's the twenty percent that will actually deliver the result. And that's where so yep. that's where it comes back to mindset. And so if I just did these four things, but I'm scared because if I yep. don't do it. And it, or if I do do it and it doesn't work, well, then I suck. And like yeah. this whole business is fucked and I might have to start again. Yeah. Oh my God, imagine how that'd be. And um, if I do it and it works, well, then I'm going to get all that money. I'm going to have to travel the world and I'm going to stop having this excuse. Oh, I've been single for four years. I haven't seen anyone. I wanted to rebuild myself. Have a, I want to like the next place I have, I want it to be like the only one I have. And so um, I've got all these excuses as to why I've completely taken myself out of that romantic realm, which is really scary. But once I sort the business, I get all this money and I'm free again. I can do that. Well, that's fucking, that's scary. So it's like, it's almost like this, uh, that anxiety and fear is, and these are just my anecdotal sort of feelings about it. I don't know if how uh, a neuroscientist would probably rip this to shreds, but um, you know, yeah, we've evolved to survive rather than thrive i said that before so this this anxiety kind of keeps you in step you know simo's like struggling entrepreneur that's got enough money to like live and look after his family but not completely break through and make it and i've seen to exist there and just oscillate and as soon as i'm there then the motivation lapses and i get back down to here and it becomes oh it's battle stations and then i'll do like three months of hard work and just blow it up again um and so that's been my story this time around with mentors and and the work I'm doing and the buddy system and, and the various strategies, I'm able to combat that natural inclination to stay safe 
where I know in my comfort zone mm -hmm. and actually break through. And so yeah. that's kind of what we're experiencing at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so inspiring, especially for, for those of us who are working hard and doing all the right stuff, you know, um, and, you know, we've got more complexity to deal with, I think. And, but to, to, to see someone do it, you know, to actually, to actually um, create that thing. And as you say, sort of mentorship is, is so important. So, so in the, let's just get totally transparent here for people who are listening and have stuff that they're frightened of, right? One of the things that I want to do, I want to create this kind of adventure networking thing, you know, where um, entrepreneurs, I get a bunch of entrepreneurs together and we like go on some kind of horse trek or some sort of stupid adventure, you know, just going and do stuff. That's going to require me to approach people who are, operating at a much higher level than me it's still sitting there I still haven't made those approaches but mm. now that I've said it you know yeah that's even I, I totally got to do it like I know it's I have the, to do it Sunday Arvo, right it's like here's five activities here's the three places we could do the activities and here's the hundred people I want to go. And then you just send the messages. I know it's, and it's, and it's, you know, we, we, one of the things we've started doing at our free group is offering free subconscious reprogramming sessions monthly to people. We kind of tap on the shoulder and say, Hey, you know, we think you're cool. Come and do this thing. And so I actually took that, that subject for, for the one we did last week. And, and now it's like, cause, and then I thought, you know, I've done so much work inner work. I'm, generally feeling pretty clear my my mindset is generally like that like a nice peaceful ocean with some some colorful drama at times um and this thing sorry it wouldn't be life without it no and who would want like this the juice you know it's it's part of part of what makes us human and you know being this having this wonderful sort of emotional landscape um but this thing popped up from must have been deep, deep down. It was like, oh, it was like a real fear of rejection. And it was, you know, and, but I was able to clear that. And so, you know, I still had that natural anxiety. And I think that's fine to have because you're doing things you've never done before. But um, yeah, it was enough to sort of say, okay, well, Helen, you're just being a silly sausage, <laughs> you know, just go and do it. You know, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And, you know, it has got absolutely no effect on my identity or, you know, who cares what people think about me or anything like that. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because it's who cares what people think about me now and we can actually get away with that, but we've lived this existence for 50-ish years and then the 100 years before that it was a certain way and then the sort of couple of hundred years before that you go back to like the 1600s it was a certain way and then previous to that it was a certain way for 1500 years and then previous to that it was a certain way for like 10,000 years and like the whole who gives a fucking who gives a fuck what people think about me thing that really mattered because if like the other 12 people in your tribe didn't like you you're done like so that that biologic that is baked into you and um and again like yeah we weren't built to thrive to not care what people think and get out there and try shit that would have killed our ancestors i always i have like this analogy like um the people that were you know all those people that went out exploring and looking for more and like coconut trees with more coconuts and 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 orchards with more apples and most of them died um and the people that like just stuck together and were like really conservative and chill those are the ones that um ended up surviving and and i feel like 
maybe that's a lot of what runs through us and keep and tries to keep us really mm. safe. But we live in this wonderful world now. And, uh, you know, people have a lot to say about how bad the world is and it's falling apart and, and Trump this and, 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 and it's not perfect, obviously, but it's on balance based on the metrics better than it's ever been by a ridiculous amount of percent. So we're, well, I think, blessed to, to exist today. On the subject of hope, then, mm. how important is hope? Um, to you to me what do I hope for I don't know if I do a lot of hoping I do hope that things will work out but I don't really play a lot of pay a lot of attention to it um bit of a control freak so like like I I know what I want and so I've just worked to get it um, so I guess, and then like hope and then, uh, in a, in a grander sense, hope for humanity. I hope that Elon figures something out because without some sort of technological advancement, um, I, th you know, I think this existence is, uh, has got a real time limit on it. There's, um, you know, there's two, we've gone, we've gone too far. And the trains, you know, going down the railway tracks, it's going too quickly to stop. If you stop the train now, X amount of 100 million people die. No one's willing to make that decision. If you don't stop the train, we'll just, it, it, it implodes and, every, and everyone dies. But it's an impossible decision. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that someone f a lot smarter than I and, and probably most of us figures out something that um, can take us to the next level. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't spend a lot of time hoping. Um, I, I wouldn't call it hope. I spend a lot of time visualizing where I will be. So it's this because hope implies a chance of. It it failure. does, and it's kind of like and this, like a hope. Yeah, I hope it. I hope it'll. I hope, yeah, I hope it'll work. I don't. Yeah, hope and. Hope's not as powerful as belief, right? Um, but I think, my, it's, I think it comes first. I think it's like a little spark of hope. You're like, oh, that's a possibility. And then you flush yeah, out that possibility. Yeah, maybe. My, I don't know. I, I think, isn't hope just belief with a fucking sprinkle of doubt? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I, maybe we're just arguing semantics. But, I mean, for me, my, my subconscious probably does enough hoping and and um, doubting and stuff. I, 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 I try to, yeah, it's interest. It's an interesting question. I, I didn't know how to answer it. Like in terms of hope, like I hope things will work out, but then I don't really spend a lot of time actively there. Like I, I spend time going um, this, at least telling myself this will be like, I will have this. I'm actually going to make it. This yep. is going to work. I am going to do this for my family. I'm banging my table. So it's, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it's more, yeah, I, I spend a lot more time believing than I do or trying to believe than I do hoping. I mm. guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's a space you want to just be in all the time, but I'm, I'm fascinated at that. Like, you know, the little spark, that inception of the, 
there's something more for me, you know, and it happens inside somebody. And I'm, I'm really fascinated about, you know, what, you know, again, that sort of that tinkering, how it all sort of connects to each other. So. Um, Interesting, like hope, the definition, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And then the archaic version was a feeling of trust and then wanting something to be the case. So yeah. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. I, I get, I get where you're coming from. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. Because sometimes I'm just thinking, because I, I was speaking to, I've spoken to a couple of clients and one in particular I'm thinking, and everything just seems absolutely impossible to her at the moment. Everything around her is like that train coming at her. Mm. And mm. you just have to hope. Like it's like sometimes it's like that's, that there will be another way, that there will be a way through that and it will present itself if you just be open to allow your heart to kind of just be open to hope at least because you can always have hope <laughs> even if yeah. even if there's the, even if there's no room for belief because your entire environment is telling tells you, you otherwise you are fucked mate yeah it's like well mm, i don't know is that glimmer of hope which is something to hold on to yeah i can i can see i'm trying to i'm trying to think back to when i was sort of in this catastrophic scenario yeah um but it still wasn't wasn't hope wasn't really hope but then i was my catastrophic scenario ended me living at home with my mum helping me do my washing and making me dinner every night you know so i i i can't speak to true abject um fear and like crushing circumstances because i've always been lucky enough to be supported so mm. i i can't i i i've um i wouldn't be here without all of the 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 the, the simo thing is a culmination of many people and a little bit of me it's it's and it's just, it's just the tip of the spear so it was different for me back in that time it was i've got 170k mortgage on my parents house i'm paying that back and you know i had thoughts of um of uh, you know, just fucking checking out, giving up. Oh well, get off. The, but I was like, I'm not going to do that to my family. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it wasn't like I hope I'm going to do this. It was I will do this, and it might take me one year, two years, or twenty years. Mm -hmm. But this is happening. Yep. And then I just fucking did it. And so it was like, well, you might as well do it as fast as possible because it's happening. Mm -hmm. So that it, it wasn't hope. It was. Yeah. And it, it was expectation of outcome. I, I look back to my pivotal moment as well. It actually happened right here on the floor with a massive pile of laundry and the kids were like, and it was like <laughs> suddenly my whole life stretched out front in front of me as a housewife. And I was like, Oh shit. That's not what I choose, you know? Mm. And, and it, it happened in a flash, you know, and it was a complete 180, you know, um, from, from that moment. So, um, decisions I don't know I think I don't think you can fabricate decisions like that you know people talk a lot about decisions but sometimes they just they come out of that in somewhere deep down and you just kind of decide um that it's going to be yeah certain. yeah I yeah mine definitely was um for like I forced upon me in a lot of ways I, I I'm pretty grateful for the way things played out because I was on a path to being a very conceited fake nice <laughs> person 
Um, I was just, you know, just a hurt kid trying to mm-hmm. fucking make his way in the world. And so, you know, those decisions were, I think you can potentially advance the decision. So I've worked a lot with psychedelics. I did a 10 day ayahuasca retreat. I've, um, I've worked a lot with psilocybin to become more open, remove a lot of the power that my ego has over me. You know, I'll watch myself, I'll watch and feel myself react to a certain scenario. And I'm like, <laughs> all of that's irrelevant and so not, does not serve me. And sometimes it'll take a minute, sometimes it'll take hours, sometimes it'll take days. I still have times where I don't, I let it win and then don't apologize. Um, but, you know, the ratio is getting better. Um, and so I think the use of psychedelics and mentors has allowed me to construct decisions about a better life faster. You know, I will be sober again. Um, I, I will do this morning routine. Um, I will go home and see my mum and dad every two weeks because they were there for me and that makes them happy. And I love it there too, you know? So yeah, you might not have full control, but you can definitely set up your environment yeah. and to, you know, help yourself fabricate better decisions, better okay. pivotal decisions faster. Cause it's the other thing, right? It's about speed. Mm. It's like, this is, like you, you, you're probably going to get there. So like you can get there. So speaking to um, the woman right now, that's just in this catastrophic gloom and doom. It's like, Hey, what are you going to do? Like y- you can make the decision today. You can make it this afternoon and you can make it a month from now. And you know what? You make, might, might make the decision today and by next Tuesday you fucked again and you're not doing it. But then just make the, make the next best right move, which is start again. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, that's all you can do. And some of it, and I think the unfortunate piece of the puzzle was whilst we all could make it, some of us, some of us will and some of us won't. And I think the, precious nature of what we're given it's just like it's just so worth it to make that effort even in the times when it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard how much satisfaction do you get on that journey yourself because like you talk about spiritual fulfillment as this thing that happens later or once you've ticked off those boxes hey yeah yeah you know but for me, and this is what I try and do with clients, is just find out what is that thing, what is that path, what's that that draws them forwards that when they're on that, because it depends what you call spirituality, but for me it's just utter self-expression, you know, like my dog being a dog is that she's just being that spiritual. My cat is being a cat. You know, when I can be me, that's just me. That's yeah. me, spirituality. Uh, um yeah uh self self-actualization so for me i i for whatever maybe it's because i'm a bit of an engineer um i again i have scales i put scales and metrics on everything so i talk about um happiness is like um like a, a fleeting thing that you feel good for a time content and then contentment is like when you wake up in the morning and you're just like 
Like, all right, I'm going to prep for this and then I'm going to go about my day. And then fulfillment is like a thing that again is sort of fleeting and it's not all the time. It's maybe when you get married or you, the business thing works or you, or, or, or your team member that you've mentored gets a promotion or whatever. There's like, it's like this, like, yes, like I'm fulfilled, like I've achieved something. Um, and so, you know, and I think a lot of people spend their life um, nowhere near content, contentment, maybe experiencing a little bit of fulfillment, but basically just generally unhappy. And then the weekend comes around and alcohol party, da da da, have have a bit of happiness, you know, over the weekend, or even even one lower. Like I talk about fun, you know, like you can just you can be having fun but not be happy, you know, and mm-hmm. so you have this life that's just unhappiness with bouts of fun. Um, and then you can get into happiness and contentment and fulfillment. And so for me, uh, for whatever reason, um, that financial freedom piece is, and it may not be critical to my spiritual fulfillment. I probably could have gone another way. I I've spent some time in a monastery before I have, um, you know, I've done a whole lot of different things. Um, I lived in a strip club in Thailand for three months, like when I was 20, that was crazy. Um, and so, but for me that building the business and getting that freedom of, because, because I go through oscillate, I oscillate between like ups and downs. And sometimes I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anyone like being spiritually fulfilled for me means, and maybe it goes back to school as well. Cause I hated like do your times tables and I'm, I'm that you can see the ADHD in this story I'm telling four stories at once uh, but I think it's, it's like do your times tables finish your times tables and then I'd sit there and I'd obviously I'd finish and I'd distract everyone it's like no sit there quietly and check your answers I'm like what well, I, I, I know they're right they're always right um well then and then I get sent out and so I had this thing of like you know my my child life was basically going to a place that I hated and doing things I didn't like that I found boring so I was trapped and so the, the business and the freedom that comes with the, that financial piece, I view as an integral part of my ability to be spiritually free because it's just, man, having a partner, my, my beautiful, kind, funny, intelligent, and we're like, yeah, we're going to Queenstown, we're going to hang out and we're going to have fucking watch the Netflix and have some sex and go for a surf. I don't yeah. know, whatever. Like to me that's that's what spiritual fulfillment is um being in a place where if i um you know if i i'm able to be strong at a loved one's family uh, sorry strong at a loved one's funeral or um at peace with my own demise or um a, in a place that i can help others like i love I, I i help a lot of people with a lot of stuff and i love that that's cool um so yeah, it's not one thing for me and it's it's not like finding it through yoga or through like crystals and ancient medicine. It's just being free and doing what I want when I want um, with someone that I love. That's basically, that's what long-winded answer again, but I guess that's what spiritual fulfillment is for me. And so those, that's why at least in my head, my engineer brain, it goes in that logical order, but I probably could have skipped the whole thing. Um, oh, we no, all have our no. own unique path and we get to design that, yeah. don't we? So that's that's half the fun. So um, one of the things that we're starting to move into, which I'm really excited about is, you know, um, 
I've been working with individuals and uh, we're getting this tool on board, which is going to allow us to start working with teams around people and culture. Now, this is a completely new area for me, you know, give me a single person and I'm more than happy to, you know, dive into their performance, especially when it comes to their, their mental performance and clearing their subconscious stuff. So, so, you know, a bit of customer research here as someone who has is at the helm of a young and growing company um, employing a lot of people. What has been the most difficult or what do you see as the one of the most tricky things to, to manage um, or, or get right when it comes to people and culture in a young, fast growing company? Yeah, um... So the first, the, one of the first things I said to Brad was, um, I can't build a team. I need to be able to design a strategy, leave it on a trailer board, walk away from it and have it delivered. Um, and then Matt, who is our CEO, he was chief commercial officer at NZME, managing director of EMI. So he's a very, very high level, godlike people managing CEO. Like he's the one that runs the business. So I'm chief strategy officer. So I'm technically not at the helm. I'm kind of like, under the deck somewhere Pulling like the string somewhere <laughs> around yeah <laughs> um matt's at the helm and and uh and um matt and brad probably there together so i'm i'm maybe not the optimal person to answer this question from that perspective but for yep. me um i built the company every as we've gotten bigger I haven't been able to have the same deep personal connection with every team member that I have. That's what I built. Like we're a family. And so maintaining that family vibe and some of the things you say in a family, that's a lawsuit and a major company. Right. And so I've been trying to navigate, how do you retain like this heartwarming, um, connected, thoughtful, loving culture with, the performance requirements of a major fast growing business. And so that's been a real balancing act. Um, and I think part of what I've learned is that in that journey, it's okay to, to lose a, a few people. You know, I was kind of like, never leave a man behind ever. If like, if like we want one team member, if, if we don't make it all there together, it's a failure. It's fucked, but it's, it's like, actually no, there's a web, there's 85 intersecting life paths here and we're not going to get it right all the time. And that's okay. But trying to create an environment where there's as much deep emotional, personal connection between not only myself and the team members, but each other um, overlaying like KPIs and performance requirements. Like these are the outputs that are necessary for your role and we must achieve them. And trying to create a zone of upward mobility. So if you've got a high performer, high performers come in and then they want to hang out for a bit and then they're like, well, I can do more. And so it's like, well, how can I create a, a zone in my business in which you're able to achieve all of your goals through our vehicle? So we're able to then make the margin on top of what you're doing. So I think that's the intersecting triangle i suppose is upward mobility for high achievers so that you're able to retain them a loving thoughtful caring family environment and then 
a stricter, no-nonsense, non-emotional, logical, KPI-driven set of performance expectations that then allow you to, and that becomes a triangle, which is funnily enough, the most powerful thing. Hey, we might've just invented a methodology for us. <laughs> so I'm, it's burned into my um, brain. I've remembered it. Um, but yeah, that that's, that's the best articulation I could give. But I, again, I, that's not my gambit. Um, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm the sort of, I'm just ideas and like, let's go hard and fast and break some shit along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So, We'll wrap it up pretty soon. Um, I know we've got a couple of guys in our community who have an e-com brand. Um, they've got a good product. Um, they're ambitious. They have got the mindset down. They, they're going to do it one way or another. It's going to happen. Um, let's say they're at a point between, and I'm just guessing here, um, let's say they're selling like between $500 and $5,000 of produce, pro- produce product a month. Um what should what should they be focusing on? What what are their next steps? Oh, I love that you answered this question. This is <laughs> ask this question. It's so cool. So um, uh, one second. Um, what's it called? So myself and I don't. Do you know a guy Jack Butcher? Visualize value. Have you nope. seen his stuff? No, nope, but I'll uh, check it out. Plug for Visualize Value and Jack Butcher, absolutely amazing. Um, we're currently building a um, we're building a course off the back of the methodology that we've used to take brands all the way up to you know forty fifty million dollars, and so the we're, we've broken it down and we talk about um, we've got a couple of different we've got a few different stages. So we talk about and funnily enough, it's in orders of magnitude. So if I talk you through the stages, you've got product validation at $100 a month. What we want people to do at that level is figure out your big KPIs. So what's your gross margin and what's your um, ROI on marketing? So we, and, and what's the best way to get your first customer? Honestly, I'm not even, we're not even sure if it's uh, go and build a Shopify store, et cetera. Markets, Facebook groups, TikTok, friends and family, sitting on the street. All you need to do is figure out the GP of the product you're selling, how much it costs you for the trestle table, the cloth and the petrol to get you to the market. And then you go down there with five fucking things and see if you can sell them. Yep. If you can't do that, don't worry about a logo or trademarking the world or anything else. Just validate that there's a, so validate that there's a customer. So figure out your KPIs, figure out your product, figure out your customer. We yep. call that product validation. So that's a hundred dollars a month. And then we go up to e-commerce foundations, which is a thousand dollars a month. There, it's about understanding your metrics. So cost per click, average order value, conversion rate, lifetime value. There's infinite knowledge on the internet about those. Learn everything. Take each one of those metrics and watch five hours worth of videos on each one. And then once you've done that, you'll put together what, uh, that's the fabric of your e-commerce business. And you will have, you'll be able to put it together once you've got the understanding of the sub-metrics that drive um, positive outcomes there. Then you need to figure out your brand, your offer, your website, and your organic channels. So then, the, so at that point, it's about who am I? What's my what's my conceptual story? Where am I? Where's my website, etc. Um, I'll give you a link as well to a Shopify series that I did okay. of um, articulating your conceptual brand, um, setting up your website and an optimized landing page, 
creating performance content and then a setting up a best practice Facebook, Instagram funnel. So, and it's literally what we do. It's what people sell in courses for thousands of dollars and it's just there and it's all the tools are there and you can just take it and do it. So yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do is like I get resources and put them over there to my clients. So guys, you know, just so got it. At that level, at that thousand dollar a month level, that's where you're kind of like right now I've got a store and a brand and a website and I've got a Facebook page. And then we talk about customer replication, which is all the way up to that's from a thousand bucks a month to $10,000 a month. And there we just talk about looking for your one hero video, the entire focus. And so the channel is usually Facebook, but it doesn't have to be 95% of the time for us, it's Facebook. Um, and it's just one video like that. It's not about worrying about Clavio yet. It's not about tinkering with the fucking some weird wholesale app. It's not about um, the middle of funnel, uh, you know, blog video. It's just one good video that articulates your customer's pain point, paints the vision of them after they've um, accepted your product, has got some customer testimonials in it, whatever. We've got a bunch of content archetypes that people can utilize in that in those trainings. Um, but yeah, that's what it becomes all about. So that once from that thousand to ten thousand dollar mark, get the foundation set up and then just one video you just need one good marketing video that's breaking even or making a little bit of money and then from there we talk about um, e-commerce optimization and that's what will take you to 100k a month so that's when you're going all right how do i build a better landing page what do i do in the middle of funnel and bottle of funnel to expand that and get more customers there how do i optimize for conversion how do i optimize for average order value how do i optimize for return customer rate um and then our, per, our methodology is because we live in New Zealand, you get to 100K a month, that's pretty big. We don't really try and take businesses to $10 million here. Then we go from, um, from customer replication, we go into market replication. So then we take the brand and we scale it globally. So then we go into UK. So we take that same offer that's working here. And because we've got the global logistics network, we'll, um, we'll put stock in our... Uh, warehouse in utah and we'll test the uk canada europe etc taxes and duties paid we make it look as if we're shipping from within the country and then whichever country generates a positive roi we put stock in that market and then we sell there so we never put stock in a market where we haven't already identified that we're going to make good money there um, and then that way you can get better leverage on your capital as well so you only put stock in the places where it's going to return the yep. most um, net margin and then we talk about um, world domination. Which I was goes, like, Whoa. <laughs> world domination is um, at your 10, $10 million a month mark. And um, I'd, I'd share my screen, but there you're getting into, uh, we've got like a 42 point checklist, which goes all the way from strategy into QA and new product development, customer insights, IT hardware, health and safety compliance, annual budgets, purchase order management, all of the, all every item required to build a you know nine-figure multinational big corporate business. Um, so that's kind of like the journey that yeah. they're taking. But the yeah, for those guys in that one to ten k mark, honestly, if you're validated, if you've got a if you've got a product with a few customers, just one video. It's all you need. You need to make one really fucking good marketing video. So make one, and if it doesn't work make another one. And if it works a little bit better, try and figure out why it worked a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And then just 
over and over again. And that is the 20 that will deliver the 80 for you. So did you say you, you're building a course around this? Yeah, with, with Visualized Value. So with Jet Butcher. Um, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. All it's right. going to be really cool. Got it. Um, All right. be, it's not going to be crazy expensive too. Just like, you know, a few hundred dollars kind of thing. Um, yeah. And book. We'll, and, and we'll give away a lot of the value on the front. No, end. That's brilliant. Cause, cause I, I really deal with um, a lot of people at the beginnings of their journey, you know, and I love that part. And, and so, you know, I'm like, Oh, you need to go and speak to Simon, but he's a busy guy and he's got a ton of stuff on, you know? So now that I know that resources there, that's, that's amazing. Um, One of so- the things we're going to start doing as well is um, once we've got a group up and running is I'm going to be doing like a weekly clinic. So for like an hour and 90 minutes, people can just drop in. Um, and it's funny too, because not a lot of people go, I'm, I'm, I'm 800 bucks an hour as a consultant. Yeah, totally. Um, but you put on like a clinic and like no one comes because <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird thing, man. Um, but we're going to have this Facebook group. And so people can just come in and be like, hey, I've got this problem. Look at my Shopify store. Look at my metrics. Help me make money. And now I go, right. oh, we'll do XYZ. Right. Um, so we're going to, we, I don't know when that starts, but that'll start pretty soon. And when it does, I'll let you know. And, and then probably be a good place for some of your people to yeah, come. Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm sure I'll see it anyway, because I'm always lurking to see what you're up to. Um, <laughs> so, so just to wrap it up and to answer my original question that I've been having for the last 18 months, like how did Simon do that? Um, the pivotal piece for you was the mentorship piece. Do you feel like what was the, what was yeah, the, so I can, I can, uh, I had a rock bottom moment Yep. that was critical. Yeah. Um, so you can try and achieve that without actually having that that's ideal. And then it was, um, mentors. No, sorry. Rock bottom, sober mentors, psychedelics, stay the course. Rock bottom mentors, psychedelics, Stay the no. course. No. <laughs> funny, funny. I say sober and then I say psychedelics in the same breath, but I, I actually just like medicine. But yeah, drugs and alcohol for me, you know, no, um, no liquor, no MDMA, none of that stuff. So it was, yeah, it was rock bottom and then get sober, get a mentor, um, psychedelics to sort of open and evolve the mind and then just stay the fucking course. Yeah. Just keep going. Doesn't yeah. matter. I've had so many ups and downs, but just, yeah, I don't care. Might take 10 years, might take three. Who cares? I'm, I'm going to be here, stay in the yeah. course. Well, that's it. You know, oh. and I'm looking at Simon, like, I'm the same as Simon. I'm exactly the same. I've got the same drive. You know, I've got different circumstances. It's taking me longer, um, but that's okay. You know, that's fine. And the oh, dude, luck. Man. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, you know, if we don't get one or two of the clients that we got, if I go to a different logistics meeting and, and not meet Brad, like, the, you know, yeah, super blessed to yep. have been on this rocket path journey, and it is not like I said, it is not in no way, shape, or form all Simon or Simo. Yep. Um, but uh, that's in, in the same breath, probably one of my strengths is the ability to bring people in on a yes. journey, is yep. to sell them the dream, sell them the vision, and be like, let's go do this together, yeah. Um, and so if you can do that, that's probably actually a, a, another another piece is um, rock bottom, sober, mentor, psychedelics, stay the course, network. And network might come earlier. Yeah. And even just to, network there's going to be something, something there that enables you to have that mentorship arrangement, you know, that they go, 
you know, disguise. The way, the way I've always managed my mentor relationships is, um, well, I mean, I've only had a couple, but um, deliver more value, try always to deliver more value than um, they're delivering. And if you're taking the advice, fucking take it. Like, don't second guess. And I, I had that experience with Brad where we got to this point where he's like, you said, you know, I make the final call. And then every time I'm like, we should do this, you argue with me for fucking days. Stop it. I'm like, you're right. Actually, I, I'm I'm trusting here. So I'm, I'm baked in. I'm, I'm going to do it. And yeah. like, I'm this, and I'll, I'll stop. If, it's, if it stops working out, my life's crumbling. I will stop. But for right now, I'm committed to this um, path. And then if you can, finding, you know, mentors, organically and trying to deliver more value so like when brad says jump i say how high it's never too late it's never too early it's like uh, oh i've got a haircut but that's the only time you can move the meeting or well, haircut can fuck off i'm there yep. so that's another thing that i've done is always um if i'm getting value and i need this person i make it very clear that you basically own me because <laughs> yep. i need some, i need some shit from you and um what do you need from me and yep. you can have it whenever you want it yeah yeah cool Let's wrap it up there because I think that okay. that's secret, just providing value for people. There are other resources out there that are not anything to do with cash, you know, um, <laughs> and and there are always there are always ways to to find that way forwards, and there are people willing to help if you're willing to meet them, you know, where they're willing to meet you at. Absolutely, there is there is a there is a relationship out there for everyone where you can deliver mutual value without cash and both get where you want to go faster. Yeah. So. Exactly. Cool. Anything else that you want to add in there, throw in there? Um, no, thank you. <laughs> really, really grateful for the, for the opportunity to share my story. I'm really, uh, really proud of you and what you're doing and how many people you're helping. It's really cool. Oh, thank um, you. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to fucking kill it. Watch this space. And, <laughs> um, watch this space. And uh, yeah, for anyone else out there, um, listening or you can i'm i'm gonna i'm i'm on instagram simon we'll put links we'll links we'll link um, up ecom simo on twitter you can follow me i'm gonna start doing some tweeting so yeah that's it i'm I'm all good thank you for your time all right thank you so much for your time and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your day simon simo it's all good see you later all right see ya